0: Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Welcome. We're so glad that you are here today. We're glad that you made it here on this hot Wednesday. You made it here from work. And uh, we're going to have some fun tonight and uh, see what God's got for us. Amen? Amen. We're going to be starting in John 5, John chapter 5. Today in verse 1. We're going to go 1 through 9. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. <clears throat> and for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, Jesus saying to the man, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps in before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Father God, I thank you that you are a good, good Father. Father, I thank you that you have a word for each and every person here today. I thank you that you're using my voice to speak into their lives. Father, I thank you that it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by your Spirit that will impact each and every person today. I ask that you flow through me, that out of my belly will flow rivers of living water, that out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak your great words. Father, I thank you that you are going to speak and reveal yourself to each and every person here today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many people have ever been frustrated? Just a few people probably. It's very rare does it happen to me at all. But how many people have been frustrated, and then someone come and ask that obvious question that just almost sets you over the edge, you know, when you're trying to fix something and a good friend or a good family member or maybe a spouse comes up to you and says, well, what if you tried it this way? Huh, didn't think of that. That's a good idea. Let me try it that way. We see in this story that there's a man that is frustrated. And Jesus just comes happen along by and asks this random, specific, annoying question. This man has been sick for 38 years, and Jesus wants to ask the frustrated man, Do you want to be made well? What, Jesus, what type of question is that? What do you want me to respond? How do you want me... It makes me think of the fun times of being married. You're just doing something real good and trying to figure it out, and that lovely wife comes and drops that perfect question right in your lap. And you say, oh, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And then you do it, instead of turning left, just turn it right. Oh, there it is. Appreciate it. And there goes all that frustration, right? Just right out the window. So I want to dive into this story to see how this frustrated man responds to what Jesus has for him. And to see the interaction that occurs when you're dealing with a frustration in your life that is ongoing that has been happening for a long time, and you're looking for resolution, you're trying to figure out the answers on your own, you're trying to understand, why did it happen to me? What's going on? Why can't I fix it? What's happening? And we're going to see the interaction that Jesus has, and almost this simple, easy thing that Jesus just responds to him. So we see in the very first part that Jesus just shows up to Jerusalem. There's a There's this uh, festival that's going on. So he's like, hey, I'll just go to Jerusalem, hang out. We don't see the disciples are there. It's like he just kind of just wanders off. Everybody's having fun, partying. Mardi Gras is happening in Jerusalem right now. There are beads everywhere. People are having a a great time. And Jesus just ho-hum, just decides, you know what? I'm going to get away and just going to go do my own thing. Walk over here, see what happens. And he comes into this place called Bethesda, the pool of Bethesda. Which, by the way, John, the author of this book, thank you for just dropping this weird story right in the middle of everything. John just makes this, tells us this story about the Pool of Bethesda like it's a normal happenstance. Like like it happens everywhere. Oh yeah, the Pool of Bethesda. There's a pool with water in it and there's a ton of sick people around it. And then uh, an angel, an angel shows up. He dips his finger in it. As soon as you see the ripple, we have Michael Phelps, just everyone diving in as quick as they can into this pool. And whoever happens to be the first one, you immediately get healed. You know? And then he just keeps going on with the story. Back up, John. Hold on a second. Let's, let's revisit this pool. It's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. It's just, you know, John's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, pool of Bethesda, angel, dips his finger, and then he just keeps going. Thanks. Thanks, John. I mean, maybe I'm just the only one. I'm just a good, good old boy from Louisiana. But I read stories in the Bible, and my head instantly turns, and I say, what? Can you explain that again? You mean a fish ate a man? You mean a, you mean a woman who, who didn't know a man had a baby by God? You, you mean to tell me that there was a flood that was so big that it swallowed up the mountains, but there was a man on a P-row on a little boat that had some animals on it that survived? There's stories, and maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm just the special of the breed, where I cock my head and I say, what did I just read? What just happened right here? But as we see in the Bible, it says that there was this miraculous happening at this pool. And because of that, there were tons of people that were drawn to this pool expecting to receive a miracle. And this is where we find the setting of the story, where we find this man who's been sick for 38 years, who's been there waiting to get his Michael Phelps moment, to dive off the diving board, to jump in, get completely submerged, and come out walking. Now imagine that he's dove in before, if he's been there for 38 years, he's probably had the opportunity to jump in there. And imagine the frustration that this guy has as he sinks to the bottom of the pool and then has to crawl himself out of the pool when he realizes that he wasn't the first one. Now, I've been frustrated in my life about certain issues in my life, but that's got to be pretty annoying to get soaking wet, to jump in there, halfway drown and crawl out and be like, nope. Not this time, maybe next year, maybe next month. And we see in this story that there are a multitude of sick people that are all around here talking about hey, when's the angel going to show up? Hey, how long have you, how close were you last time? How long have you been here? Oh, I was the second person in last time. I almost got it. But this time, I'm going to elbow some people. I'm going to get through. Believe me. You know what? I've crawled over to the right angle. I'm going to be the first one this time. And we see Jesus just walking into this scene, walking into this area, this hospital of sick people that are coughing, that are yelling. No doubt it's loud. No, No doubt it stinks. No doubt it is a crazy, chaotic place. And I can almost see Jesus, he's so focused on going to this guy that he almost has to be walking over people. Just, nope, not you, excuse me. Oh, hey, whoa, wow, you're missing those. All right, let's go. And he's just, here he is walking, and he's making his way to this one guy, and he just stands over him. And we see this interaction occur. We see that the man has been infirm for 38 years. He's been laid at this place to try and get made whole. As far as we can tell, he has no family. I mean, this isn't common day welfare assistance. If your family dropped you off somewhere, I mean, they they might bring you some food every once in a while, but you were fending for yourself. And he's stuck in this place where everyone else is sick, everyone else is struggling everyone else is frustrated, everyone else is going through the same thing. And if we can rabbit trail for a second, it says in 1 Corinthians 15 that bad company corrupts good morals. And so I would like to encourage you right now that if you are going through a frustration in your life or there's something that you're trying to overcome, make sure you surround yourself with good people. Imagine this man for 30 years eight years. How much positivity is happening at this pool that he is encountering? He's probably not hearing, oh, hey, you can be healed. Hey, God loves you. God's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. Hey, we're friends. We're buddies. Let's jump in at the same time. You know what? I don't want to be made whole. I'll let you go in first. Pretty sure that that wasn't the common communication that was occurring at this place. So imagine The torment and the turmoil that this guy has, that he has no family, and if he does have family, the sporadic showing up of bringing them food or whatever. Imagine the people around him that are talking to him, which makes me encourage you, and as we go through this, to pull these lessons and these truths out that we can walk and operate in. Surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with positive people. I thank God that I have a good wife, that when I am frustrated, or when I am in my bad moods at times, that she is there to encourage me and correct me um, and uh, inform me how bad of an attitude I'm having. I'm glad for people like Stephen right here, that we can text each other and talk to each other about fun things in our lives that we want to see God move and change in our lives. And and I can send a text to Stephen and he can lovingly tell me it's going to be okay or you're an idiot. More so you're an idiot. Grateful for Pastor Eric and Heather, good people in my life that I can go and talk to them and let my words come out and say this is what's happening and to have a man of God, which y'all have all encountered, and a woman of God that y'all have all encountered, that will force-feed you Scripture. Like a baby as you're moving your head, and the food's getting everywhere, and she's just sticking those Scriptures in your mouth, and just, nope, you're going to eat that. By Jesus' stripes, you're healed. But I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Nope, nope, by His stripes, you are healed. Nope, nope, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Nope, by His stripes, you are healed. Oh, okay, by His stripes. Um, 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 by His stripes, I am healed. Surround yourself with good people that will force feed you the word of God. That will force feed you the truth that you need to hear, not something that can increase your birthday pity party, but can blow the candles out and help you overcome that. So we see this man that he's surrounded by this frustration. He's He's surrounded, not only is he maimed, not only is he injured, not only is he in pain, not only is he struggling, he's surrounded by these people. And Jesus oversteps everyone and stands over him. Now, if we read further past verse 9, we find out that this man has no idea who Jesus is. When the religious leaders come and question him on why he's doing what he's doing, he says, well, I don't know, some, some guy told me to get up and walk. I said, well, who's that guy? And then Jesus has to show back up later on in the story, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, son of God, Messiah, you know, pretty big deal. I don't know if you know. Here's a signed autograph. Um, you know, here's my next venue that I'll be at. You might want to show up. I'm joking, he doesn't say that. He announces who he is later on in the story. And so as he's looking at this man who's standing over him, we see in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Love it, love it. When you're frustrated and you get that, that question, well, duh, Jesus, I mean, no, I, I like it here. I got my buddies here, we got the big screen on, you know. We got the pool when it gets hot, we just jump in. We got the food carts that come by. This is a fun, fun day. Love it. That's why I've been here 38 years. But you see, Jesus knew his condition. We aren't informed at why this guy can't move, can't walk, is in pain. just says he's had an infirmity for 38 years and he can't walk. We don't know why. Because of a car wreck? It's because he got in a gang fight? It's because he jumped out of a building? Was he born like that? Did his parents drop him off? Is he 38 years old? Is he 57 years old? I mean, we don't know anything about the backstory of this guy. Could have been a freak accident, could have been completely his fault for being injured. And he deserved every day for the pain that he was suffering for whatever he did. But what's awesome is Jesus says, knowing the condition does not visit the past and say, his question isn't, well, how long you been here? Well, why'd you get here? Well, what'd you do that caused you this pain? No, because it says in Luke, it's a scripture that I love so much, that Jesus says, I came to seek and save that which is lost. That is his mission That is his goal. That is why he's overstepping everyone because he's coming right to this man. And he says, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. And he poses the question, do you want to be made well? Because he's not worried about his past. He's worried about propelling him into a future that he's never been in before. He's thinking about getting him to a place that he's never been before, that his mind isn't even wrapped around. He's been there for a year after year after year. And he thinks, well, I'm just going to die here. This is my place, alone, around this area. But Jesus says, no, do you want to be made well? Because if you're made well right now, everything changes. Your life changes, your life path changes, your goals, your future, everything changes. Do you want to be made well? Because it says, as far as the east is from the west, I will remember your sins no more. God is not concerned about your past and the frustrations that got you to this point. He's worried about getting you out of the frustrations so that he can bring you to a better place in your future. Yeah. Amen. What I love about this story is that Jesus makes it personable. He brings it down to one person level. The world is full of sick people. You can go half a mile down the road to Baylor, and there are... Couple hundred, couple thousand sick people in there. There are millions of people that are sick in hospitals. There are millions of people that are out there. And we always hear the scripture that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. And we believe that, but maybe it's just me. Sometimes I get caught up in, well, I understand that God wants to heal everyone. That's awesome. But does God care about my sickness? Does God care about my financial issues? Does God care about my relationships and the things that I'm going for? And I love this because it says that there are all kinds of people that are sick, that are lame, and he walks up to one person. Now, when I first read it, I was like, it's kind of a jerk, Jesus. You could have just healed them all. You could have just been like, everybody, get up. Here we go. But then when I look at it from the other angle, of Jesus wants to get involved in your life. Yes, He wants to heal all the sick people, but He wants to heal your sickness. He wants to save you from your sins. He wants to restore you from your bad relationships. And He walks right up to this person, this man, and He starts having conversation. He gets all up involved in His life because He cares about Cameron, because He cares about Heather, because He cares about faith because he cares about Brian. He cares about you individually, and he's asking and posing you the question specifically, do you want to be made well? And in the Greek, the word well means to have a complete whole body, to be perfect in health. To be perfect in health, to be healthy in body. Now, he can't walk. Now, if, he, if Jesus just walked up to him and was like, hey, you want me to fix your feet? Yeah, that'd be fine. But he's had an infirmity. He has deeper issues that are causing his legs to not work. And Jesus being so gracious and being so loving, not only wants to fix the problem, he wants to heal the whole person. He wants to heal him from top to bottom. He wants to heal him of things that he doesn't even know about. He wants to heal him of past hurts, of past failures. He wants to heal him of everything. Do you want to be made well? Now we see the man's response in verse 7. The sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. He says, do you want to be made well? And he says, well, I can't get in the pool fast enough. There's nobody here to help me. Nobody's bringing me. Nobody cares about me. And at first I read it and I thought, well, that's a cop-out answer. I mean, why wouldn't you just say yes? Yes. He could have answered so many different ways. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. You should heal Frank over there. He's got it rough. Yes, heal me now. But you see, the man responds, not in unbelief, but he operates in the faith that he has of the only out that he sees. The only solution that he sees to be made whole is to fall into the pool. He says, well, no man will throw me in the pool. So he's sitting there laying. He's like, you're a pretty strong man. Maybe you could throw me in the pool. He said, uh, that's the only option that I have. And Jesus says, do you want to be made well, not knowing, the man not knowing that he's looking at the creator of his legs, looking at the person that formed him in the womb, looking at the man that will not only throw him in the pool, but will yank him up and completely restore him. And he responds with what he has and what he can see at that moment. But the awesome thing is that he answers Jesus. He, he says what he believes at that moment. And I want to encourage you right now to start talking to Jesus. Start talking to God about overcoming the issues in your life. Start telling him, you have a word, do you want to be made well? Jesus dies on the cross, yells out, it is finished. And all of a sudden, you have full access to every promise and benefit that Jesus has for you. And he says, do you want to be made well? And you have the word to stand on. Now let's start building our faith and talking to Jesus about how we can get this thing fixed. How we can watch God do a miracle in our life because he says the only thing that he can think of of how he can be made whole. But he's looking at a man who was standing next to God during creation, who decided to form universes all the way down to atoms, who decided to form mankind, who decided to form animals, who decided to form... And so God is showing us right here that he has many different ways that He wants to show up. He wants to do miraculous things in your life, and just because it's not the way that you expect it doesn't mean it's not the way that Jesus wants to do it. How many times have we seen Jesus heal people in the Scriptures and it be completely different from one thing to another? He spit on the ground and made mud pies and threw it in somebody's eyes. He grabbed somebody's tongue and spit, and the guy's mouth opened up. He stood in front of a tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. He walked next to, next to a casket and touched it, and the boy rose up. He went to Jairus' family's house, and he says, oh, she's only sleeping. Rise. Give her something to eat. We see him pulling people up. We see him just saying words and demons fleeing. Look at just right there the miracles that Jesus can do if you think outside the box and give him full access to do anything and everything at any time. We see this man that he says, do you want to be made well? And his first thought is plan A. And plan A hasn't worked for 38 years, but by God, he's going to stick to plan A. Let's hit that 40 mark, you know. We're going to celebrate with everybody else for 40 years. Plan A. We're going to try plan A again. What if plan A doesn't work? Let's do plan A again. I love it. How about plan A again? Jesus shows up and he goes, what about plan B? Do you want to be made well? He says, well, I'll jump in the pool. And We see Jesus respond. He says, rise, pick up your bed, and walk. rise pick up your bed, and walk. I feel like it, had, it took the guy a second. Well, that's not plan A. Plan A is man picks me up, throws me in the pool. That's, that's plan A. So, so the man should be picking me up and throwing me in the pool. Rise, pick up your bed, and walk. And we see the word rise means to arouse, to recall the dead to life, to cause to rise from a seat or bed, to cause to appear. Now we're going to see with rise, take up your bed, and walk that three miracles happen all at the same time. Rise. This is something that this man hasn't done in 38 years. The most that he can rise is maybe up on his elbows. And the very first thing he commands him to do is he says, the dead things inside of you, your dead legs, I command them to start working. All of a sudden, atoms and molecules start shaking and vibrating. All of a sudden, tissue starts forming. Bones start growing. Spine starts extending. Things start happening. This man has been laying down for 38 years. Sores are healing. His body is adjusting. There's atrophy on his legs. That all of a sudden, muscles are instantly sprouting out. And things that were once dead are instantly coming to life. In the moments of frustration, God is saying, rise to that circumstance. God is saying, whatever's dead in your life to start appearing and showing up. He's saying, take up your bed, which means to raise up, to elevate, to lift up. He tells him to take up his bed and to walk. He is encouraging the man to never return to that place again. He says, you pick up all of your belongings and you never return to this place of frustration again. You will never be back in this same spot for any amount of time ever again. I am moving you from the frustrations of your life and I'm bringing you to another place. You take up all of your belongings and you never set root. You never decide to return to this place again. God says the same thing, that He is healing and restoring things in your life And you will never go back to those things again. You will never be financially broke again. You will never be sick the same way again. You will never deal with those relationships again. You will never walk in those sins anymore. Because as soon as the sun sets you free, you're already free. You're already free to walk away from that and never return to that again. The things that God has brought me out of, the things that God has healed me from, the things that God has restored me from, I will not go back to those temptations, I will not go back to those failures, I will not go back to those insecurities, because I've taken all of my belongings from those things that He's healed me from, and I'm walking away from them. I'm not going to deal with those issues anymore, I've already overcome them, and I have been made well. Amen? And the last thing He tells him to do is Walk. Walk. Rise, as his body is completely healed and restored. Take up your bed. Now walk. And we see walk means to make one's way, to progress, to make due use of opportunities. To make due use of opportunities. That at this moment, as he's completely healed, he's holding his stuff, Now, let's imagine that he's been lame since birth. Let's imagine he's 38 years old. He has never walked in his life. Let's imagine he's 40. Let's imagine he's 70. He hasn't walked in 40 years. In my mind, that's like me getting back on roller skates. Oh, goodness. In my mind, that's like me getting on a skateboard. In my mind, that's, that's picking up something that you haven't done in so long to where you're just got the jittery feet, got the wobbly knees. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Jesus, do you have a cane or something? Maybe I can start with the cane. Jesus, can you put me up against the wall? When we were younger in Louisiana, we had a, a semi-professional hockey team because that's what you need in Louisiana, hockey. (laughs) And so we were the Lake Charles Ice Pirates. So they had a rink, and then you could go and ice skate. So, you know, mom decided to bring the homeschool kids to ice skate. (laughs) My dad grew up in the north, so he was uh, pretty good at ice skating. I'm not the biggest of fellas, and, uh, and those skates probably weighed more than me when I put them on. And so I almost imagine this guy thinking, because as I go around the skating rink and all these people are whizzing by and laughing at me, I'm bow legged knees holding onto the wall as I'm slowly skating around there. In my mind, this is what the guy is thinking I've never walked, I haven't walked in 40 years, I don't even know how to do this. Can I have a walker? Can you put me against the wall, Jesus? Can you do something? And Jesus, just rocking and rolling, he's like, we've already got you risen. We've already got you holding stuff. Just get to kicking them legs out and get to walking somewhere, buddy. And he's like, and immediately the miracle happens, and he just starts walking like he's done it all of his life. He's just started moving in something that he's never experienced in his life. He starts encountering something that he says, this is not me. This has to be God moving. This has to be a miracle. This has to be a moment where my life is forever changed. You see, when God restores you and heals you, you will never return back there. And He's going to prepare you to move in a direction in a whole new way, something that you've never experienced before, that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have been forever touched by Jesus himself. I could not walk, but now he's a professional. Now he's one of them mall walker extraordinaires, just swinging them hips side to side, running people over. He's got his mat in his hand. I can see him going through Mardi Gras. Excuse me, coming through, coming through. If you keep reading in the story, the religious leaders stop him. Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, well, no, I mean, the guy said, he said, rise. And then he said, pick my stuff up. So rise, check, did that. I picked my stuff up. I got that. And he told me to walk. I said, no, you can't do that. It's the Sabbath. You can't carry your stuff. You can't carry your stuff and walk like that. You can't do that. He says, no, no, he told me, rise, I did that, and I said, pick my stuff up, I did that, and he told me to walk. And I mean, imagine this guy who's been laying down for 38 years. I mean, he has to be like the roadrunner. He has to be beep beeping all over the place. He has to be just circling the temple time and time again because he's been freed forever, and all of a sudden the religious leaders show up and say, wait a second, let's investigate that miracle. Let's investigate if that really happened. Hold on one second. God doesn't work that way. Did you fall in the pool? Oh, no, he said, rise, pick up. No, no, the way it works is the angel touches the pool, you fall in. If you're lucky, you get to walk. No, no, God did a miracle like this. No, we got to investigate that. That's probably not of the Lord. He says, no, God forever changed me. He told me to rise, to pick up my things, and to walk. And I want to encourage you, right now, it doesn't matter what people say. God is doing miraculous things in each and every one of your lives, and you have the opportunity to tell each and every person exactly what God did. And it doesn't matter the negativity that will come back to you. You will say, look what the Lord has done because my legs were dead and He brought them to life. I didn't have any muscles in my body and now I'm picking things up. I couldn't walk ever in my life and look at me now doing something that I've never done before because I've had an encounter with Jesus and I will not stay silent. I will not shut up. All I will do is tell you of the good news and the great things that he done. And we see in the last verse as I close... In verse 9, And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. Thirty-eight years of pain turned into immediate healing. Turned into an immediate testimony. doesn't matter how long the frustrations or the issues have been there. My God, your God, is an immediate God. He does immediate things. He shows up immediately on the scenes. He wants to make you well. He wants to make you whole. He wants to save you immediately. Immediately happens when you accept Jesus into your life. When you confess with your mouth. When you believe in your heart. 1 Corinthians 15. That Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. That He was buried in a tomb and He rose again the third day. And immediately... You are saved, written in the book of life, and they immediately start building a mansion for you in heaven. Now, if I'm God, I'm going to give a test period. Let's do 90 days. If anybody starts a new job, usually it's a 90-day period before you get any benefits, before you get vacation, before you get health benefits, before you get any of that. If I'm God, you know what, buddy? Let's give you a test run, you know? Like next Netflix, will give you seven days free and then we'll see if you want to sign up. Let's just see what happens. Man, you really, you've been saved an hour, and you already kind of messed this up. So we're going to go ahead and move in a different direction, buddy. Um, Let's try this next year. Uh, Hopefully you make it, but uh, we're, we're just going to pass on you. We'll just pencil you in. No, God is immediate God that as soon as you walk in, you can walk boldly into his throne room and obtain grace and mercy and say, I'm a sinner. And he says, no, you're not, you're saved. Immediate action. It doesn't matter how long you've suffered in whatever area, God wants to show up right now and do miraculous things immediately in your life. Now when it comes to our timetable, God's immediately and life's humanity's timetable is a little bit different. You see, I'm Expecting and believing that God's going to bless us and give us a house. We have to be out of our apartment in October. But God's going to immediately give me a house. But there's time involved in that. A couple years, uh, about two years ago, on a Thursday night, and I've told this story before, I was at home looking at watches on the internet. I was like, you know, nobody else was at the house. And I was like, it would be nice to have a new watch. That would be cool. Nobody else there. Just, I guess, me, God, and whatever watch website I was looking at. Came to church that Sunday, three days later. Do offering like I normally do. Walked off stage and talked with somebody. And they took a watch off their hand and put it in my hand and said, God told me to give you this. I said, what? Thank you. Appreciate it, because God's an immediate God now I didn't have somebody show up at my door and be like "Delivery, UPS but God's an immediate God he made a way for the need to be immediately answered there was a guy here at church came up to me and said God told me to buy you a pair of shoes ok alright he said what's your shoe size I told him he bought me these shoes Went to the Nike outlet, bought these shoes, brought them to me. Here you go. Now, the reason I wear these shoes and the reason I wear this watch is to remind me that God's an immediate God. So everywhere that I walk when I wear these shoes, I know that God cares about the small things. I wasn't even concerned about looking for a pair of shoes, and God blessed me with a pair of shoes. I was thinking about buying a watch, like we all do, of getting on Amazon and Filling up the cart and then saying, Oh wow, well we'll visit that later. (laughs) And a couple days later, God puts this watch in my hand. And so I wear these. And if you've ever asked me about this watch, if you ever asked me about these shoes, I tell you that story. God gave me it. Because He's an immediate God. And now when I come up on bigger issues of God, I need a house. God, I need a car, God, I need a job, God, I need to be healed, God, I need this marriage to be restored, God, I need my siblings to have a better relationship, God, I need my parents to have a better, I need this person saved, I need that, now I can look down and say, well, if God cares about this, God cares about this, God cares about this, and he's healed this, I know immediately he will respond, I know immediately that he's answering, I know immediately that he's on the scene and he's moving in my life and He's moving in your life. And so in this story, we see that we can all hear His voice and find out the promises that He has for you. Because Jesus is standing over you today, and He's involved in that frustrating circumstance. You know, you want to You want to look all pretty and and decked out when you talk with Jesus. Dearest Lord, maker of heaven, everything's great today. Can't complain about anything. And if you're like me, you go take a shower and you're just standing there and you're like, what the heck am I going to do? This is crazy. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I I don't even know what's going on. But I want to encourage you today to hear God's voice in those frustrating circumstances. Find the promise that He has for you. Because He's asking you right now, can I make you well in that thing right there? The biggest issue that you have in your life, whatever it is, He says, I want to make that well. I want to make that fixed. I want to do a miracle immediately in that area. And then we can do what this man says. Just talk to Jesus. Let's have communication with him. Let's talk to him about this is my plan, God. This this is where I'm at. This is what I, I think I can do. And God says, that's all I need. Because I can use that and I can turn it into even bigger than what you've ever imagined before. He says, I want to see that thing rise. I want to see you pick up all that stuff and walk out of that thing in victory. And immediately, no, immediately, as soon as you say that prayer, as soon as you talk to God about it, He's already actively moving in your life to see it happen. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you that you are an immediate God. We thank you that you're a good, good Father. I thank you that you are wanting to get involved in each and every person's life, that each and every person here has something that they're going through. It could be big, it could be small, it could be unmovable in their mind, it could be just something so simple as they want to watch, or they want to shoe, or they need miraculous healing in their body, they need miraculous healing in their finances, they need to experience you, they have never been saved and experienced Jesus Christ in their lives. I don't know where they're at in their walk, Father, but I ask you right now, as they go to bed tonight, as they're right there right now, that you speak into their lives and you say, I can make this well. I can make this issue change immediately right now, and I can do so much better than whatever plan that you have. I can create and move and bring people and move circumstances and forgive things quicker than you can even make happen. Father, I thank you that each and every one of us will stand on the promises of God that we know they are yes and amen, we will find those scriptures and we will start talking those scriptures. We will start saying that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. We will start saying that we are saved, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me. So, So it doesn't matter what I'm going through, Christ already died, already paid the penalty for me. I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I am healed, that I can lay hands on the sick and they must recover. I thank you that everything I put my hands to must prosper, including my finances, including my body, including my spouse, including my kid. Everything in my life is blessed and prosperous. And we start standing on these words that we surround ourselves with positive people that will give us godly counsel. And finally, Father, we give you full access to do any miracle at any time in our lives. We don't put the limit on anything. We know that you can show up and that if you created universes and you created atoms, that you can create things in our lives that can instantly be restored. And I thank you for immediate resolution in these situations, Father. I thank you that we will hear miracles. We will hear about signs and wonders. We will hear the testimonies of what you're doing as people hold on to this word and hold on to this truth and watch you show up. So, Father, bless your people as they are heading out for the rest of this week. Encourage them. Be with them. And show up immediately. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.